Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hey, welcome to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. On this podcast, we undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. We're in a fun new series right now called Naked and Healthy based on our brand new book, which you can get at nakedandhealthy.com, talking about health physically, mentally, spiritually, and in your marriage. So kind of holistic health. And today we're going to do our first ever episode on the Enneagram. A lot of you have written and say, I'm trying to understand the Enneagram. I'm this number. My spouse is this number. How do we get along? Maybe you've never heard of the Enneagram. Maybe you're an expert at it. Wherever you are in the process, stick around because we've got a great conversation that's going to help you understand yourself better, how God wired up you, and help you understand your spouse better so that you can better relate to one another. That's right. And so we have a special guest who is an expert when it comes to the Enneagram. And she's also a dear friend of ours. Her name is Kristen Barnett. And she has a lot of experience in the mental health industry. And she has graduate studies in counseling and counseling education. And so we are so excited to have Kristen Barnett joining us today. So let's dive in. Well, we are so excited to have our friend Kristen Barnett here to talk about the Enneagram, which many of you have written us over the course of doing this podcast and ask about, you know, how the Enneagram really matters when it comes to marriage. And Kristen is quite the expert on the Enneagram, and I can't wait for you all to hear from her. So welcome, Kristen. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. It's nice to see you virtually. I know. (laughs) I know. Well, can you, first of all, some people listening are like, what word did you just say? What is an Enneagram? Can you just kind of give us, I know, I know there's a lot to it, but kind of give us, you know, just a little bit about it. Yeah. So the Enneagram, um, if you've seen anything about the Enneagram at first glance, a lot of people, um, especially, you know, the general evangelical population might be initially turned off because it looks a little bit like maybe a demonic sign or something like that. And Uh, listen, I assure you, it is not demonic. Um, it is it is blessed by God. But um, so the Enneagram is actually, while it's grown in popularity over the last several years, it's actually a very ancient system. Um, and it was originally inspired through the Greek population, but um, it, it grew in popularity in the 60s and 70s and then, you know, has really become part of pop culture recently. And the Enneagram is really um, a way of describing someone's personality. And what's unique about the Enneagram, it doesn't just talk about what we do and actions or what we think. 
What's unique about it is that it it is all based on motivation. So why we do the things that we do. Um, So you and I could do the same thing or be passionate about the same thing, but for very different reasons. And so for that, we could be very different numbers on the Enneagram. Right. I love that. And so I know, like some listening, what were you going to say, sweetie? I didn't mean to interrupt you. What no, no, I, I, it's it's fascinating to me, like the whole the whole process. I'm still a novice with the whole enneagram. Um, you know, I'm still even somewhat unsure if even if I've even got my right number yet, because the enneagram is a is a numbers based system. I always just tell people I scored a perfect hundred on it, just to kind of. <laughs> they look but, at him like what? No, you have to be. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm yeah. an overachiever. But th- those personality types, right? Are it's a one through a nine, and each number corresponds to very specific personality traits and motivations. And so, could you give us just kind of the brief overview of what? what each one of those represents. So those who are listening, maybe they've never taken an Enneagram test or gone through yes. an assessment, but even in your description might be able to pull out a few things and say, oh, that might be me or that might be my wife, that might be my husband, and mm-hmm. we can start the conversation there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So before I run down the types, I will tell you that there are no bad numbers and, and there's no best number. So um, just like all of humanity, there is darkness and light with every number. So we all have our struggles, right? And things that we do really well, or maybe areas that we can work on. So there is no bad number. Everybody, usually the first question I get is, what's the best number? I want to be that one. And there is no bad number. Um, And then, so it's important to remember that each one has darkness and light associated with it. But we want to focus on how we can grow, grow with Mm -hmm. the Lord and grow in our personal development and really accentuate and bring out the best in our personalities um, as as we serve the Lord. So that's what I love about the Enneagram is that, um, you know, and I'll run down the numbers, but there's basic characteristics for each one. Um, But again, when you're thinking about. Um, what number you are, or even perhaps what number your um, your spouse might be, it's important to think about motivation. So okay. you might have to have some conversations to get down to the bottom of it. But yeah. you are right, Dave, there are nine numbers. Um, and the first one, I will tell you as I name these two, some of them have different kinds of names depending on what resources you dip into. Um, so I'll just go by the names that I know them as. Um, the one can be known as the reformer or the perfectionist. Um, This number is very unique in a certain way. They are the only number on the Enneagram that has a constant voice in their head that says, you are not good enough. You could have done that better. You need to do better next time. And it's all the time about everything. Um, these people are very principled, they are very purposeful, and they have a lot of self-control. Um, so I will tell you this number, I was in a room full of people um, taking a class on it as we discovered our numbers, and the people who were ones in the room when we reviewed the characteristics, they started to cry because they didn't know that there were other people like them in the world. Um, so the ones are very, very unique. They are perfectionist um, and they go by very much what is right and wrong um, is, is kind of their mantra. Um, okay, number two, a personal favorite is the helper. Um, the helper is very caring. Um, interpersonally, they can be very demonstrative, generous. 
Um, they are people pleasers. Um, as I mentioned, each number has darkness and light. The, the light with a helper is that they like to help. They find value in helping others and serving, um, whether it's their spouse, a friend, they want to do for you. The darkness of a two is that sometimes they can be a little manipulative um, and they use their desire to serve in a way that, that kind of brings it back to them and serves them in the end. So sometimes in marriage, this number can be like, I'm serving you, serving, serving you. And then you're like, oh, well, why aren't they doing the same thing for me? So that can be a little bit of the darkness of the struggle with the helper. But um, I love helpers and I am definitely drawn to them. So if I didn't say that already. <laughs> uh, number three, the three is the achiever or also known as the performer. The achiever is success oriented. They are very pragmatic. They're adaptive. Um, they excel at pretty much everything that they do. Um, they're very image conscious. Um, and some of the darkness with three is that they, in their core, they feel, they fear that people will not accept them for who they truly are. So as a result, they kind of try to be all things to all people. You know, they can talk to the janitor or the CEO. Um, maybe they have different clothes that they wear depending on, you know, the situation. So they're very malleable. They can really be very flexible and go with the flow. Um, they, they are achievers as the name suggest they they love to achieve they love to do things and be top performers so a lot of these people you will find in sales um in in high ceo roles this is typically what you would find my husband's a three um of note so i'm sure we can come back to that yeah. um the four is the individualist um the individualist is the rarest number um in all of human population as it suggests um, this number is very sensitive. They feel all the feelings. They are always in their feelings. Um, they can be very expressive or dramatic. Um, they can also have a hard time coming out of those emotions and, and thinking logically. Um, one of the beautiful things about fours is that they are extremely creative. These are your artists, your musicians, the people that make the world beautiful. They are fours. Um, part of their darkness is that they may do things for the simple fact of attempting to be different, to be unique, and maybe even contrarian at times. Um, but when unleashed in, in light, they can really bring so much beauty to the world. Um, number five is the investigator. Um, the investigator, as it suggests, is your Enneagram number that researches to the nth degree. If they're going to buy a new printer, they're going to look at all the printers. They're going to research all of the things about the printer. They will be an expert on printers. Um, this type is very cerebral, um, very perceptive, very innovative. The darkness with fives is that they can be very secretive and um, sometimes isolated. Um, they, they tend to not really be, not that they're not friendly, they have a hard time at times with friends, making friends or being out with a lot of friends. They tend to want to be 
you know, kind of by themselves on, on, on that. Um, and because they're very cerebral and perceptive. Um, type six is the loyalist. And as it suggests, they're very loyal. These are great friends. One of my best friends is a six. Um, she is so loyal, so constant. They are very committed. They are oriented to security. So sixes, um, their darkness can be that they are very anxious um, and that they fear the worst case scenario. A, a six is always prepared for the worst case scenario. Um, what if we're driving down the road and something flies off the road and crashes into my, my windshield? They're always thinking of that, which contributes to their anxiety, of course. Um, and so they live their life in a way that um, is very thoughtful, but sometimes, um, you know, almost obsessive to, to prevent. Um, something unique about the loyalist is that they, um, they, they are this way typically because they've actually lived the worst case scenario. Um, so it's easy for them to go to that place because they've experienced it to some degree. Yeah. Um, and then the seven, the seven is another fun number. It is the enthusiast. So sevens are busy bees. They are your fun loving type. They are spontaneous, versatile. Uh, the darkness is that they can be distractible. Um, these are your ADD people that, you know, have a hard time paying attention for more than five minutes. They can be very scattered or disorganized. They are not here for a long time, but they are here for a good time. That is the seven. <laughs> yeah. um, so these um, can be great friends, obviously. They're always up for an adventure. Um, they're just looking to, when is the next party? When is the next thing we're scheduling, the next vacation? Sevens probably struggled the most in pandemic because oh. they didn't have a lot of options. <laughs> yeah. um, so the sevens, check on your seven friends. Um, okay. And then eight, I am an Enneagram eight, so I will try to keep it brief, but it is known as the challenger. Um, this personality can be described as powerful or dominating. Um, we are typically very self-confident, decisive, willful, um, at times confrontational. Um, it takes a lot to scare us or intimidate us. And as such, we tend to come off very intimidating um, without meaning to or wanting to do that. Um, and so challengers are very comfortable taking charge. They are very comfortable leading. Um, their mantra sometimes could be said like, lead, follow, or get out of the way. That is kind of the thought process with, ch with challengers. We don't have to be in charge. But if you're going to be in charge, then do a good job. Right. So um, that's a little bit of the challenger. Um, some 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 light with challengers. I feel like we don't have a whole lot of light, but challengers are all also very um, focused on justice. We love social justice. Um, we're always looking out for the underdog. Um, we love to advocate for others. We feel very passionate about that. And it's usually for a reason, right? Why we feel that way. Um, so that's a little bit about the eight. And then the nine, the nine is the peacemaker. The peacemaker is easygoing. 
Um, they are very receptive and reassuring. Um, they're very agreeable. Um, as employees or even as spouses, this number is um, just steady eddy. Like mm -hmm. they always come to work, they're always there, but they also could have a tendency for complacency. Um, and then at their worst, I would say slothfulness is like their super, super darkness where they don't move. They, they just want to sit and, and do their thing. Um, but the, the peacemaker makes a great friend. They make, um, great employees. They're very reliable. Um, but somewhere along the way, they got the message usually as a child, do not rock the boat. Right. So their struggle is going to be that they tend to take all the little things, pack it inside, and then not address it because they don't want to rock the boat. Um, and then, you know, they have a tendency to, you know, want to explode because they stuffed everything inside. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit about each number one through nine. so good and it gets my wheels turning even thinking about my own kid like our kids right yeah you know like yeah. where do they fit in there like you said enthusiast and I immediately thought of our son Connor which is so funny I don't know I'm sure there's books on like the Enneagram and children so yes. that that's for another another time but it just got my mind going on that so let's bring it back to kind of marriage you know because there's a lot of different ways to look at the Enneagram and like how it's helpful and I know for a lot of in, in professional ways like with with working with certain employees or who to hire like what kind of Enneagram type would you want to hire for this position or you know what what kind of Enneagram is your boss because what's going to resonate you know the most with them so I've heard it a lot in the professional sense but when I have you know listened to podcasts about the Enneagram or read anything about it I always think man you know there's a lot that this this could do to help marriages yeah, to understanding yeah. your spouse and understanding yourself well and not trying to change each other not trying no. to make your your spouse feel guilty for their personality because they're not wired exactly like you as mm -hmm. if their personality is wrong because it's different than yours god made us each exactly how we are but also understanding and having compassion for okay they're they're wired up that way i'm wired up this way so yeah how do we how do we navigate that you know that together i think there are all kinds of you know, benefits of just knowing this and understanding this. And as Kristen was explaining that, I'm sure you, like me, were listening and listening for yourself in there. Yeah. Trying to figure out what your spouse might be. Bringing it back to the marriage part, though, Kristen, what, what types of pairings within, like, m couplehood, marriages, you know, what, what type of pairings, I don't know. I mean, I'm just interested if there are certain pairings that might argue more, certain pairings that might have... Uh, Maybe get along better. Yeah, just like every know. personality type has its own kind of personality. Are there certain pairings that have a certain dynamic personality once they're together? I'd be interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And obviously there's variances, right? Like mm -hmm. not every nine is created the same. Sure. Um, you know, so there's obviously variances. So I have been married for uh, 13 and a half years. Um, I was in graduate school when I first was exposed to the Enneagram and we had, we were newlyweds. Um, and I was like, oh gosh, this is, this is no bueno. Um, we, we are, we are the aggressive types. So <laughs> my husband and I are that combination actually that, um, he is an Enneagram three. I'm an Enneagram eight and, great numbers. We get a lot done, um, for sure, but we are both 
in the aggressive stance, right? Like we don't have a problem with confrontation, um, which can be good because we settle things. Yeah. Like we get it out. We talk about it. I don't think twice really about saying, Hey, this isn't working or I need your help here or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but it can result in, you know, more bickering maybe than the average couple. Sure. Um, so threes and eights, um, we are that couple. Um, so we, we definitely, <laughs> we have our fair share of disagreements. Um, and, you know, I will say even despite that, um, there's beauty in it and, and it can definitely be a strength because when we fight for each other mm-hmm. and fight together for each other, it is such a strength, you mm-hmm. know, and it, for me, well, of course, it's hard for me to imagine being married to someone else that's different. But when I think about other personality types, I'm like, well, at least he's fighting for me and for us, you know, rather than against each other. Um, So I think that's important. I will say a really great resource if you're interested in diving into this more or really anything, all things Enneagram is the Enneagram Institute. Um, Their website is top notch. um, And you can even type in like, how does an Enneagram five um work with an enneagram one um there's conflict resolution tips on there i use it literally almost daily Mm -hmm. um especially if i'm gonna have a hard conversation with someone or i'm nervous about it i'll dig into their number if i know it and and try to give some resources to myself to to help guide me in that conversation and that's so So good i I think one important important distinction to make here for those who are listening. I think there's a myth in our culture that like, oh, well, I I married the wrong person because our personalities don't mesh because I'm this and he's that and those numbers don't go together. And the whole tool of the Enneagram here and why we're talking about it now is regardless of what number you are, regardless of what number your spouse is, like every couple can have a thriving marriage, every single couple. And so it's and every couple, it requires work. It requires work. And so these are just tools we're trying to give you to help you and your spouse both understand your God-given wiring, to celebrate your uniqueness, and then to do what Kristen has talked about, finding unique ways to understand how you know your predispositions based on your personality type and your spouse's how you can best manage that and celebrate that in a way that's going to create healthy communication yes. and, uh, and continue to grow in your relationship with one another. You know, absolutely. And I love, Kristen, how you described how every personality type has kind of their light and their darkness. And that's just us being human beings. You know, we have things that mm-hmm. that are, are really good about us and things that are hard places, you know. And so I think that, you know, as, as you all are watching this and listening to this and you kind of maybe you already know your Enneagram type or you're trying to figure it out and then you know your spouse's. I think we could learn a lot by really trying to play, like bring out the light in our spouse and not toy with the darkness, not like poke the darkness, so to speak, where you're just like kind of looking to to just make things harder for them or try to make them feel down. Because I think so many times it's like we know those places. We know our spouses really well. We know what's going to make them, you know, bring out the best in them. But we also know what's going to really get them going. And I think sometimes when we're feeling bad, and we're not having a good day, we'll go and we'll say mm-hmm. the very thing that we know they don't want to hear. And it's like playing, you know, it's kind of like reigniting the darkness in them and bringing out that kind of dark side instead of really bringing out the best in them. And so I, I, that's what I love about the Enneagram if I, as I've learned more, because I think that you do understand yourself more and your spouse more. So you know how to better communicate. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one word that I use a lot when I talk about the Enneagram, and I can't believe I haven't even said it yet, is empathy. And as you become a student of the Enneagram or, you know, there are a lot of other tools. For me, the Enneagram is just my favorite. I've connected to it the most, but it, it has helped me create create empathy within myself for others and for myself as I struggle and work with the Enneagram and work to smooth out my rough edges, you know, that having compassion and empathy for myself, um, you know, because a lot of the numbers are, there there is a reason why people are that way. Yes. And there's definitely nurture nature. uh, And my, I believe that it's, it's really a combination, you know, God creates us to be something and also life happens Mm -hmm. and humanity happens. And we have experiences, trauma, pain um, that really shape people. And when you can get a hold of that and, and a lot of what I love about the Enneagram is when you can really get with someone, your spouse especially, and get in a vulnerable spot where you can say, well, actually, you know, when I was a child, my parents just really praised me every time I got good grades. And that's all the only time I got praise. And so I just, I found that if I want to get love, which we all want to get love, then this is what I do to receive love. Mm -hmm. And when you can have that kind of insight into yourself and your spouse, what a gift you right. can give your marriage and your other relationships to to have that kind of understanding of oh wow they're not crazy yeah. this is why they are that way you know and and it creates empathy for the other person instead of aggravation you know right. Absolutely. And I love that. You know, I've actually, just for those who are watching and listening, I've heard Kristen speak on this before. And when I was listening on a a previous podcast where she was talking about the Enneagram, it really struck me when you were talking about the parts of our childhood, because we all have awesome parts of our childhood, but we also have harder places in our childhood. And as I've been trying to understand myself in light of the Enneagram, it really kind of struck me with the achiever because I I think the reason I am more of an achiever is, I mean, I I like getting stuff done. I like, you know, achieving things. But when I was growing up in my home and I love my parents and my mom would would say this till this day, but grades were everything. I mean, achievement Mm -hmm. was everything. Winning the the trophy at the dance recital was everything. And I think in my parents' mind, it was we're we're building, you know, we're raising successful daughters. But but some kids take it on more than other kids. And I feel like, and I've actually been in therapy over this um, for many years, actually, like just feeling, feeling that kind of, that I have to achieve in order to have love. And I've come through Mm -hmm. that and I've been healed of that, but it can, it can really breed some unhealthy things. And so when it comes to that particular type, you know, when I start to fall into that mindset, I kind of check myself and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Why, Mm -hmm. why am I doing this? Why do I want to achieve this? Is it because I feel like God's leading me to do this? Or is it because I feel like I'm going to get somebody's love or approval, because if it's for love or approval from someone else, then that's probably the wrong motivation. And so I think in that way, the Enneagram can really help, you know, help individually, you know, us to have a deeper understanding of ourselves. You know, as we've been kind of talking through this, like I said, Dave is not listened to as many podcasts or read as much about the Enneagram as I have. And I'm far, far from an expert. And that's exactly why we have Kristen on here. But I've tried to kind of help him discover his number. And as we've been reading and stuff, I think he's a two because Dave's nat- natural posture in most situations is to help. And um, mm-hmm. and his his 
I think he's much more like his mom and his personality, and she's very much a helper. But when I describe it, we were going through kind of the description, and he's like, I don't know. And and so then as we were looking at it, there's this concept, and I want to briefly touch on this, of wings. And people you know, listening to this are going to be like, what? But if you look it up, there's this concept of wings, Kristen. Can you kind of touch on what that is? Yeah, so wings, so first of all, I didn't mention this either. When you're trying to self-identify your number or working through it with your spouse, it's important to think of yourself at around the age of 20. That is when you're at your kind of rawest personality um, type. And so I will say as a caveat, you know, not counting severe trauma at that time, substance abuse, um, that would be exceptions. But generally speaking, around 20 is kind of your raw personality. Um, And then what happens is, and this is very general, like generalized assumptions, is that as you move toward your 30s, you see, you know, hopefully we're growing, right? We're changing every day and we're growing in the Lord, we're growing as individuals. And as you grow, as you progress and maybe chill out the older you get, um, you develop a wing, which is one of the numbers beside your number. So it can't be like eight wing two. It has to be if I'm an eight, I can only wing seven or nine. Um, So a wing is is typically starts showing up in your 30s. And it's where you can take on traits, typically the positive traits of a number beside you. Um, And then generally, again, very generally, as you age, maybe in your 40s or 50s, you tend to develop that other wing, which is kind of explains why people tend to kind of level out with age, Um, either that or they're just tired, which I can totally relate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's one of the numbers beside your number. And so if you think about like the wings of a bird, um, as you develop one wing into your 20s and 30s, and then your second wing, maybe in your 30s or 40s, and then, you know, a bird flies with two wings, right? Or else they're just like flying in a circle. So um, that's kind of the concept of wings. And generally, when you think about it, it's... um, it's, it's the positive characteristics of that number. You know, you touched on this real briefly and I smiled because I'm, I know you, you're my friend, but she said, you know, eights really stand for social justice and they're really drawn to, to finding the underdogs and really helping them and standing up for them. And Kristen is literally living that out. And I want her to briefly talk about an amazing ministry that she does that we've actually uh, participated in. I'd love to actually go with her to Africa, but can you tell us about it? Yes, thank you so much for asking that. So um, I am the founder and CEO of the nonprofit 28 Bold. So the number 28 Bold. Um, And we do water relief in Africa. It it started, it all was bred out of a short-term missions trip that I thought I always wanted to go to Africa, but you know, this is my one and done. Let me check it off my list. And God had other plans for sure. Um, so I came back and was wrecked. My life has never been the same. It has literally changed our family. It's changed so much about what we do and how we operate as a family. But 28 Bold, um, we partner with with churches um, to use water resources as a way to develop community and as an outreach um, obviously water is, is a very basic need, um, for people. And if you know anything about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, you can just forget about talking about salvation or employment or any of these higher level issues. If 
people are not fed and what and have water. And so it's a way. And I love that there's so many times in scripture where, you know, God literally says, if you give a cup of cold water in my name. And I love that because, um, you know, I can be a little bit literal and that's pretty literal. Um, (laughs) I don't think he's necessarily saying for everyone, there's also, you know, some implications there, but Um, you know, I just find that when you can meet a need of a person, um, you, you, you create opportunity to have impact in their life and, and create relationship. And so one of the things that we're committed to is not just doing as many wells or projects as pop humanly possible. We're really focused on relationships in these communities. And, um, I talk to my friends literally, I mean, Today, it's so crazy, like texting all day long um, throughout the day with them because that's when change happens. Change doesn't happen from a one and done. Mm-hmm. It change happens in relationship. And so when we can offer this gift, we just find that it has radically changed these communities. And so, um, yeah, I thanks for, um, for asking about it. But it's it's 28bold on, on Instagram and, and you can find us at 28bold.com as well. Oh, that was just so good. Thank you, Kristen, so much for joining us. And thank you all so much for listening and watching. And we will see you next time.